Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. We fix credit. Are you bound by medical bills, child support liens, evictions, late payments, repossession, bankruptcy, or student loans? Today, you can turn that around. All right. All right. I guess we're on and we're live. God bless you on tonight. This is Pastor Omar here at Praise Tabernacle Church, and we would like to thank you so much for tuning in, as always, to our Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, here this Tuesday night, we got a great teacher, and panel is ready. We all are excited about the word on tonight and the opportunity to discuss it. So we have a great teacher. I tell you what, he I, I guess this is his this is his fire week. He's on fire, I guess, all week. I nicknamed him John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. So I guess he he last night he had a good a good um ministry. I I don't like to say show uh get service on last night and we're gonna let it continue on tonight. Thank God for the team that's here, uh our panel that's here with us and we're so glad for all of you that are tuning in. Without any uh further ado, we're gonna say a quick word of prayer and then the next voice you will hear will be Mr. Chaos himself, Elder Oliver. Uh I think he's gonna be leaving out of town uh tonight. Uh, if I'm not mistaken he got service for the rest of this week. So Continue to tune in. Continue to tune in and hear what the Lord is saying through this young man. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. We appreciate you. Thanking you for bringing us through to this point in another day. And this is the day that you've made, and we're rejoicing and we're glad in it. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that's shown towards us. And as we get ready to go into this Bible study, we pray that you would touch the message and the, uh, the messenger and the panel, that it will be a blessing to all those that are tuning in. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elder Oliver, the service is into your hands. God bless. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, and everyone that's listening, to everyone that's on the panel that's there, I just appreciate y'all. Just know that um, y'all inspire me a lot. And um, where I'm going tonight, uh, never went there before. Uh, so just just, uh, just bear with me, pray with me, and I know y'all going to have my back because I sent these scriptures out early. So, um, And I'm normally, I'm the, probably the latest person. I'll be the last person to be sending uh, scriptures in early because I'm always sending them in late because I never know what the Lord is going to do. But, um, again, uh, we're going to be coming out of uh, John just so you can get it and be ready when I go. John, the uh, 11th chapter, and I'm going to start at the 39th verse to 44. And there's some things in there that I want to I wanna look at, and there's some things in there I want to talk about. I may not, and I already know I'm not going to finish it because I got so many notes um, on this, and I really can't even get out of uh, uh, verse 31. I know that uh, verse 39 is where we're going to start from, but there's a lot in here that we're going to talk about. Um, I think I titled this, uh, You Do Not Have the Right to Remain Silent. And and I'm going to try to close it out with my title, You Do Not Have the Right to Remain Silent. And there's going to be some things in here that hit me that I never realized it hit me before. 
And, um, again, uh, it's because of the team that I'm on and the people that I'm surrounded by uh, that, that takes me to a different level when it comes to preaching and teaching the gospel. And I, I just want to thank you all because uh, the, what I'm going to say tonight, and if I get going too fast, uh, uh, slow me down because there's a lot in here that I, I want to unpack. And um, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started right right into this. And this is a very familiar scripture. I know everyone knows about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and it was a great miracle, but there's some things in this scene right here from verse 39 to 44, there's some things in there that I want to unpack. But I want to talk about Lazarus for a minute, and I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about Lazarus because as far as I know, and if I'm wrong, y'all can correct me, Lazarus is only uh, talked about uh, in John chapter 11 and chapter 12. We don't know too much about Lazarus. He didn't write any books uh, in the Bible. He, he, we don't know if he was a good person. We don't know if he had a wife. Um, or anything, and Lazarus' purpose was to get sick, die, and be raised from the dead. That was the sole purpose of Lazarus, was to get sick, die, and be resurrected. That was the sole purpose of Lazarus. It really doesn't talk too much about him. Um, in the, I couldn't find nothing about Lazarus, except he got sick. He died, and he rose again. And as Jesus, um, and you read, and and I I suggest, and just for time purposes, you read the whole chapter 11, um, starting with verse 1, you'll get a better understanding of what's going on. Because Jesus was sent a message through Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sister. And and let let me slow down. Before Jesus got the message, Mary and Martha and the family uh, took care of Jesus. They fed Jesus. And it's very important that you understand this. Uh, when Jesus was doing his itinerary, Jesus stayed with them. So Jesus was very familiar with the family. So when Mary and Martha sent a message that his loved one, a loved one was sick, um, Jesus was only two miles away. Um, and Jesus decided not to go. And, and, and when I get to my point, we're going to get to the stone in a minute, but I just want to build it up so we understand where we're going with this. Because Mary and Martha thought that uh, they sent the message to Jesus when Lazarus was sick, and the message was, your loved one is sick, you need to come, and Jesus didn't come. Um, then they sent someone and said again, you need to come because Lazarus is dying. You need to come. Jesus never went. Jesus told the disciples, we'll go in two days. I'm not going. And, 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 again, you don't hear too much about Lazarus, but Jesus, before he went to Calvary's cross, this had happened. And, and again, you've got you to gotta understand that Lazarus' purpose was to get sick and die and be resurrected. And the reason I keep saying that is because I'm going somewhere with this because, you know, sometimes if you think about this, it kind of reminds you of Jesus because Jesus got sick with our sins, and he died, and he rose again. See, we, we got to understand and put this in its proper place because, yeah, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, so when we get to verse 39, and you got to understand, Mary and Martha 
is uh, upset because Jesus didn't come when they asked him to come. And some of the things, and, and Lazarus is already dead, and they put him in a tomb, the grave. We know that the grave at that time went six feet under. It was a cave, and they rolled a rock in front of the cave, meaning that it was over with, that he was dead. There was nothing else that was to be done. It was over with. Four days later, it came. And then in verse 39, I'm going to read verse 39, and I'm uh, coming out of the New Study Bible. And it says, take away the stone, he said. But the Lord but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. I'm going to stop right there. And if you look, it says in King James Version, y'all take away the stone, meaning Mary, Martha, and the people, the mourners who put the stone there, he wanted them to remove the stone. Here come my point number one. I'm going to be on this point pretty much through all Bible study. Mary and Martha, who's frustrated. Now, you've got to understand, they are believers. They believed because they said uh, in earlier verses that it had you been here, our brother would still be alive. So they believed in the power of Jesus. And, and the thing about it, they were believers because they believed that he was there. So you understand that they were believers. They were people who didn't believe. But the problem they had with Jesus is they sent the message, and Jesus did not respond when they sent the message to Jesus. And not only did he not respond, you can tell they were frustrated with Jesus because they said, had you been here, our brother would not have died. And I'm going to raise a question to you. Have you ever been in a position where you ask God to do something and he just didn't do it? And you get frustrated? I don't know about y'all, but I've been there before. Get frustrated because God didn't do what you wanted him to do. And not only that, but you feel that you're connected to God because you fed him and, and you hooked him up and you've been living right. And everything you've been doing is according to the scriptures is good. But when you need God to come and do something for you, he just doesn't show up. And now all of a sudden you're a little bit frustrated. See, I've been there before. But I want you to look at what he says in verse 39, because he told them to remove the stone. See, I, I know y'all probably didn't see me coming here. He told them, Mary, Martha, and the mourners who put the stone there, I need you to remove the stone. Point number one, how can you obey Jesus when you're disappointed because he didn't answer your prayer? Can you obey him and do what he tells you to do? when he disappointed you. And see, he told them to remove the stone that they put there in a dead situation, that they put it there. He told them to remove it. A lot of times we want God to come in and do stuff for us, but sometimes we got to remove some stuff ourselves. Before the miracle can happen, before anything can get done, before he can do any work, we have to remove the stone. And it's hard to remove the stone when you feel like you're being frustrated and God is not answering you. I'm going to stop right there and ask anyone got anything you want to say so far. All right, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving. So now we're in a point, verse 39, he tells them to remove the stone. And not only do he tell them to remove the stone, he's telling them to do it 
because uh, 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 Lazarus is dead, she said. He said, um, and there's an odor, for he's been there for four days. And, and again, the stone that was there, um, Lazarus was already dead. They put him in, in, in the cave. They put the stone over it. And when they put the stone over it, that's closure. That means there's nothing else that can happen. And because they put the stone there, and we got to understand this, they did this. They did this. They were frustrated because he didn't show up, but they did this. And he immediately tells them to participate because I'm getting ready to show you something. And the part that I'm trying to get out is a lot of times, I can't speak for everybody, speak for me, is a lot of times I don't get frustrated, and then God gives me an order in my frustration. And he's just testing me to see if I'm going to be obedient to remove the stone because I'm the one that put the stone there in the first place. You can't blame it on the devil. You can't blame it on this. You can't blame it on that. They put the stone there, and now he's telling them to remove the stone. He already knew what he was going there to do. He already knew that Lazarus was going to be dead. He already knew that he was going there to raise him up. But he also had to show the people that it's not about what you've done for me, but can you still obey me when I don't always show up for you? And see, sometimes we get frustrated, and, and, and it's not about uh, uh, the timing. We get mad because God doesn't come on our time, but yet he's coming on his time. And because we don't understand his time, we get frustrated, but we still have to obey what God is telling us to do. So sometimes we be in a dead situation, and we won't Jesus to move the rock, but he's not going to move it. He's going to have us move it because we were the ones that put it there. So it's very important before your miracle can even come to pass, you have to remove some things. You have to remove some relationships. You have to remove some people. You have to remove some bad habits out of your life in order for God to create the miracle, but you still have to obey him even though the season that you're in, you're not trying to, 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 you're not, you don't feel like he's hearing you in this season. You feel like you didn't already prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you didn't show up and you were right there. It's like when you see your, your neighbor get blessed and you've been praying the same prayer, but you're not getting blessed. And like, Lord, what's going on? And we get frustrated and see, it's okay to get frustrated, but we still have to obey when he told them. And that's very important, especially to the church. I said, yes, I'm going to be talking to the church a lot. We have to obey what the Lord is telling us, even when we get frustrated, even when we get frustrated. <clears throat> again, I'm going to keep asking for comments as I look through my notes. And, 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 again, all we knew about Lazarus is that he was sick, he died, and he rose again. That's all we knew about uh, uh, Lazarus. Does anyone want anything they got to say so far? Uh, yeah, brother. No, no, I don't, uh, I don't, oh, sorry. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead, Tobin. Okay. Um, I was just going to say um, definitely bringing out a whole lot of good points um, right now with the lesson. And uh, I would just say doing a good job. And one thing I would like to add also on top of what you've already been saying, um, he told them to roll back the stone. And that also – um, eliminates a a reason for an excuse or to try to take the glory away from what, you know, Jesus was about to do. Y'all already see that he was dead, see that, okay, y'all move the, y'all move the stone back. Y'all, you know, uh, uh, take care of his clothing and y'all do that so that 
once we do this miracle, you know, then we know that it's for, for the glory of the Lord. You know that, you know, this is for Jesus and for the people to be able to believe. But good good job. And uh, just wanted to add that real quick. Amen. I'm going to pick up from where you and Tobit both um, – I, I really didn't think about that stone until Tobert just just mentioned that um, another way that we can view the stone uh, Jesus telling them to roll away the stone is where them them the people being able to exemplify their faith. See, it, faith without works is dead. We we know even in verse twenty two. Um, Martha says, well, you know, even now I know whatever you ask your father, uh, yeah, even now whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. So even though Lazarus was dead and now she's having this confirmation or she's having this conversation with Jesus, her faith in in her words speaks, okay? It, it speaks, so that that part of faith, but then you have to do some action, okay? So faith without works is that so she's speaking faith when she says, even now, know whatever you ask God, he'll do it. But then the opportunity came for not just her, but the people that was there with them when Jesus says, roll away the stone. Okay, so if y'all believe me, if you if you believe I am who, who y'all say I am or who I say I am, if y'all believe I'm the son of God, because uh, they, they confess that, then he says, okay, let me see your faith go into action. Let me see you do something. I know what I'm going to do. And a lot of times we are, we're sitting around tomorrow, we're waiting on God, and when the truth of the matter is God is waiting on us. How many of us got stones in our life or there's, there's a stone in an area that's blocking us from getting our miracle, getting our deliverance, getting our breakthrough? But because that stone is there, which represents uh, difficulty, you know, uh, represents hardship, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that's not favorable. Okay, but so it's sitting there in front of us, and we know it's there, we recognize it, we see it's there, but do we have the faith to move the stone? Do we have the faith to get that thing, whatever it is that's blocking us from getting our miracle, do we have the faith and the confidence to remove it? Just because Jesus said so, and we also understand Jesus wouldn't have told them to do it if it was something that they could not do. Okay, it was it was something that they was able to do, something that they uh, was in their power to do. See, it's our job to do the natural. Okay, our job to furnish the faith, our job to do the natural part, and Jesus does the super, and then we end up with the supernatural. Okay, so Jesus is going to do the super part, but the natural part, which was something that they were capable of, do, of doing, roll the stone away. Get rid of the stone. Okay, yeah, you, we know that you that they're saying uh, uh, they're coming up with excuses. Well, by now he's stinking. He's been dead for four days, and I can just imagine Jesus saying, I ain't asked you that. I ain't asked you that. So a lot of times we try to help God. We try to help Jesus. No, you ain't got to help. I just need you to do your part. Do what I'm asking you to do. So uh, I'm enjoying this. Great, great, great uh, lesson so far, Elder Oliver. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, 
I'm glad you said what you said because you just took over the next point. But when I get to the next point, it's going to make what Bishop and uh, Minister Oba just said that much easier because you got to understand it was a big rock. One person couldn't move this rock. One person didn't put this rock or this stone in front of the, the cave. It was a group effort. So so when you get ready to remove a stone and, and it's a group effort, you got to be on one accord. And you can't be weak. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about church folks right now. You can't be weak. Right. And you got to be in one accord in order to move the stone. So, so, so you can't have weak people around you when you got to move a stone because there's a miracle behind the stone. And a lot of times the stone represents obstacles that we have to endure. The stone represents things we got to go through. And sometimes it takes collectively a group or a group of church people or a group of believers in order to remove the stone. That's why you got to be uh, very careful in the season sometime. And I know I'm preaching to myself, even in relationships and even in relationships, you're going to get tested. And when you get tested, you got to be careful of who you have helped you remove the stone because the people that's helping you remove the stone, you got to realize it's an obstacle. And most of us that are believers and believe in Jesus Christ, we want to help you get rid of the obstacle. But sometimes some people, and I'm not I'm just going where the Holy Spirit tells me to go. They don't care about your obstacle, but they want to steal your miracle. That's why it's important that you be on one accord and the people that surround you are with you to help you remove the obstacle so you can get to your miracle. And see, that a lot of times me, as, as, as being saved and in the church, surround myself around people who only wants to get to my miracle, and they don't really care about the obstacle. And I'm going to use for an example, have you ever been moving somebody? And I know the men can contest to this, and you really don't want to move. You really don't want to be there. So when you got a heavy object, you just put yourself in position, and you really don't lift, and you lead a lifting to everybody else. And because you're not lifting, you're making their job harder. You're making their job strain. And if it breaks Watch and fall it. because you didn't put your muscle into it, you break it. Yeah. And because it's broke, you never get to your miracle. See, that's why it's very important that we as believers surround ourselves with people. So then if I'm having some trouble, my brothers and my sister can help me remove that obstacle, and then they're going to be excited for when I get my miracle. But yet if people keep coming around me and telling me this, that, and the other and not worried about moving the obstacle, we'll never get to the miracle. The reason the church is weak sometimes is everybody's not on one accord. Some people are doing their work. Other people ain't doing their work. So it's harder for us to get to what God wants us to get because we got to separate ourselves from people who wants to get or steal our miracle. See, this stone, I can preach on the stone all night because the people that was put the stone there, they put it there. And they thought it was a dead issue. And because they thought it was a dead issue, they thought it was finished. It sounds like church folks to me because a lot of times we, we, we get fed up with folks and we want to make sure that they're dead and we want to put a stone in front of them. And then when Jesus comes and tells you to remove the stone, people get jealous because a miracle is getting ready to happen. I know I'm preaching. A miracle is getting ready to happen, but we don't want to put the work in because we upset because it ain't us. But yet if it's your brother and your sister and then you're coming at them in love and 
if you're coming at them in the right way, you're going to help them get the obstacle out of the way so they can get to their miracle. And then vice versa, when you got a situation going on, you can depend on them to be there to help you remove the stone. See, a lot of times there's a lot of stones. And even though Lazarus, and I gave this description of Lazarus because Lazarus was just, uh, 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 to me, he was, uh, uh, he was put here so Jesus can use him in this situation to help us, to help us when we get into difficult situations, when we start doubting, or, or, or I'm not going to use the word doubt because they said if you would have been here, uh, he wouldn't have died. So they believed in the power of God, but they just didn't believe in the timing and the will of God. And that sounds like us. Sometimes we get frustrated. That's why you got to surround yourself with a group of people that's going to help you remove the stone. And before I take the, the offering, because I feel like I'm about to go preach, does anyone have anything they want to say or add before I move on? All right, if not, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I ahead. thought about, I'm, uh, you, you hit a key point when you said uh, being on one accord, and when you said that, my mind went to, I'm, I'm picturing uh, the grave uh, which, as we stated, was no doubt a cave of a sort with a stone in front of it. And I'm picturing two groups of people, uh, one on one side of the stone pushing one way and another group on the other side of the stone pushing uh, the opposite way. And what I, what I saw was two groups of people divided, uh, trying to move the stone, but they're pushing uh, the people on the right of the stone is pushing the stone towards the people on the left. And the people on the left of the stone are pushing the stone towards the people on the right. And when you look at it, the way I looked at it, when you said being on one accord, meaning being uni- unified, there's no way that stone is going to be moved if the people are pushing the stone on opposite sides but pushing it towards each other. Uh, the way for that stone to be moved, as you stated, being on one accord, everybody need to get on the same side. Uh, everybody get on one accord, and it'll make it easier uh, if everybody's on the same side, pushing in the same direction and not pushing towards each other, but pushing in the same direction. It's hard for you to know who's weaker than the other. If everybody's doing what they can do, do your part. Okay, we all pushing together. Uh, uh, we're going in the same direction. We, we, we are on one accord. It's hard for me to know if I'm pushing harder than the next person because I'm dedicated to doing my assignment. I'm dedicated to doing what I've been asked to do. And as a team, if you stick together, uh, if, we, if we ride together, we die together, we, we, we stick together, we, we stay on course, it's, it's easier to move whatever the obstacle is. But it's harder even if you have one person. It doesn't take the whole a whole another team. It only takes one person that that will attempt to push in the opposite direction that wants to go to the other side and push contrary to the where the majority is. It only takes one person to cause uh, uh, to cause it to be harder than what it should be. So you, you said something about us being unified, uh, staying together, staying on one accord. We can get much more accomplished much faster if we all stick together. So that's, that's what I thought about. You, you brought out the point about us being unified and, and in a church. You know, the, the Bible even say, how can two walk together except they agree? You, 
if you're a house divided, and this is what Jesus said, a house divided can't stand. Because at one time they was they was telling him, you know, he he got a devil. He's Beelzebub. He's casting out devils by Beelzebub, and he and he said, well, the devil, you know, he's not divided, you know, in a house divided. And just like the 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 devil's kingdom is not divided, God's kingdom is not divided. Because we he Jesus was teaching then a house divided cannot stand. And then there's an old saying is together we stand, divided we fall. All for one and one for all. So. It's important that in our marriages, uh, in our in the church, yeah, you're gonna have obstacles, but it, it's important that we stick together in your businesses or whatever it is you got going on. That there's a partnership of some sort. It's important that the vision is 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 displayed and everyone understands what the team goal is uh, for whatever you know the event is. So, uh, yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, Bishop. I uh, appreciate it. Um, one one thing that I, I, I missed in my notes, and I said in the very beginning that Martha and Mary knew Jesus. They were for, they, they, they fellowship with him. They fed him. And a lot of times we as believers think because we're doing good with with the Lord that that on credit he's going to come and just do for us because we're asking him to do for us. And I'm going to say I'm, I'm guilty of that. That's why I want to make sure I, I hit this point home. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been doing good. Jesus ain't going to move because Elder Oliver said, Jesus, I need you. He's not going to move when I want him to move. He's going to move when he wants to move. And a lot of times I think we get frustrated uh, uh, with because we want God to do it when we want him to do it. And 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 because of that, we don't want to be on one accord because we get in our feelings and we get attitudinous and, and, and we want to do what we want to do instead of being in God's perfect will. That's what that one accord comes with. We always want to blame the devil for this and this for that. And the whole reason we upset is because God ain't moving in our life the way we want him to move. And you've been paying your tithe. You've been praying and you've been doing everything that you want him to do. Now you want God to move and now he ain't moving when you want him to move. You, you get frustrated. And now you don't want to become a team player. I know I'm talking about it. I ain't going to go there all the way because I'm going to finish this a little bit later. But I feel, like I said before, preaching about the stone because the stone represents so much stuff. And, again, as he moved the stone, and and, and I'm getting ready to to close out. We're going to take the offering up. But when I get ready to close out and he called Lazarus to come forth, that was the miracle. And that's what everybody shout about. But there's something else in there. And I believe Minister Tobit touched on a little bit about removing the clothes. Whose job was it to take the clothes off? Whose job was it? I'm going to get into that in a second. But, Pastor, you want to go ahead and take the offering up now or you want to wait till the end? Yeah, I'll take it up now. That gives you, give you a moment to get your, get your second half, get your breather. Uh, but Brother did, Pastor, did I hear you come in first, please? Yeah, go ahead. So, is that Sister Tobit? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I was trying to make one earlier, but I was trying to quiet the baby down. So um, I wanted to say, like, this Bible study already is definitely teaching us about faith and trust and patience. Like, so far, like, everything that I've been reading, it's been screaming patience. So patience is the ability to endure suffering, having faith that God will bring you through a situation. So naturally, by us being in the flesh, we're impatient. 
it's it's human nature. It's some it's something that all of us suffer with, whether it's you know majority of the time or here and there. But we all have a problem with being impatient because we're so anxious. And sometimes when we can't see how a situation is going to work itself out, the anticipation of what's going to come on the other side, it eats at us. So then our mind starts going and then we're wondering and we're stressed over something when God has already worked it out. But that's why I say we need to practice um, being patient. So a scripture that I was reading is Romans 8 and 25, and it reads, but if we hope for that we see not, then do be then do we with patience wait for it. So for all my bakers that are listening tonight, it kind of reminds me of when you're baking a cake and you pull the cake out the oven a little bit too soon. So while it's cooling, that middle of that cake is going to sink in. And it sinks because you weren't being patient. So it's, it's kind of like what we do when we try to step in God's way of the situation or a plan that's already worked out, that he already has the understanding of how he's going to do it. But because we don't want to wait or because we may not have received that note as being the answer for that situation, we get ourselves in, we make a mess of it, and then, boom, we're in a sinkhole like the sunken cake. So then what you got to do, you got to throw it away, and then you got to start over. So by then, you've wasted your time, you've wasted some supplies, you've wasted your money. So the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not into our own understanding. Stop trying to figure everything out because sometimes we do not have the answer. I, and I'm not talking about anybody from school, but with your, with your great PhD that you got, sometimes that's not going to help you figure out the answer to your problem. So we need to be patient and we need to trust in the Lord to help us figure out situations and just wait. And have that faith and know and believe that it's going to work itself out. You're going to be okay. But great job on tonight, Elder. Great job. All right. Okay. That was Prophetess Betty Crocker. I mean, I mean, Sister Tober. All right. Great, great analogy of the of the baker's dozen of the baker's dozen. All right. And 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 I think I heard Elder Oliver make up a word attitude attitudeish. Attitudeish, I've, I've never heard that one before, but attitudeish, I might have to use that at a later date. All right. Now, on tonight, for those of you, we have two uh, different uh, things in which you can give on tonight as we do every Tuesday night. And as I say every Tuesday night, thank you so much for your for your financial support of our local church and our extended arms ministry. Um, cash app for extended arms for those of you that would like to give a generous uh, love offering on tonight is dollar sign E A ministry. Once again, it's dollar sign E for extended and then A for arms and then the word ministry dollar sign E A ministry. Uh, you can give to uh, extended arms on tonight or or and you can give to our local church, Praise Tabernacle Church. Our church information, our church uh, cash app is dollar sign PTC eight seven seven. Once again, the church cash app is dollar sign PTC, and that stands for Praise Tabernacle Church. Uh, PTC and the numbers 
888-888-8877. And may the Lord bless you real good. Service is now back into the hands for our conclusion, back into the hands of Elder Derek Oliver. God bless you. Hey, uh, thank you, Bishop. Uh, Sister Tober, thank you. I like that analogy about the bakers, the cake and everything. And I don't know, just a... I mean, I have nothing to do with what I'm saying, but I'm from the old school. When our moms or our grandmas used to bake cake, we was so we weren't allowed to run around in the kitchen because it may make the cake fall. So you definitely got to be patient, you got to be still, and you got to be quiet. Because if you don't, that cake will fall. And I don't know if it's true, but that's the way we. That's where I was raised. If the cake was in the oven, you couldn't do nothing. You had to sit still. Now, I don't know if I'm the old, old, probably old enough one on here that had that, but I don't know. But that's just uh, part of the lesson when she said that I was thinking about being patient. Because, like I said, when I was growing up as a little kid and mama or grandma put the cake in the oven, we had to be patient and be still and just wait till the cake was done before we went messing around with it or even running around it. And, again, I still don't even know if that's true, but that's what we was taught when we were being raised up. Anyway, getting back to my, um, getting back to the to, to the lesson, and yeah, attitude is is a word that I got uh, from my grandmother when she used to say we had attitudes or attitudeish. I didn't, I just it just crept up, uh, uh, Bishop. And and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and move on because uh, this next part gets kind of exciting to me and 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 you know i like to preach and i just like to go so if i go for a minute please excuse me um because the next part is the fact that they put lazarus in the grave they put the rock and they had to remove the rock the people had to do that jesus didn't do that he didn't remove it he didn't put it there but he was just there to get the miracle and and one of the things that i like and and is I'm just going to read 42 to 44, and I know you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. 43, when, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And, and this is the part that gets exciting. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with stripes, I'm sorry, stripes of linen, and a cloth around his face, and Jesus said to them, take off his grave clothes and let him go. Jesus did what he did. He raised him up from the dead. And as Lazarus was coming forth, he was chained. He was still in his dead clothes. Jesus raised him up, and he told the people, the same people he said remove the stones, you clean him up. You get him together. I said about being on one accord. Jesus is doing the miracle, and he will do the miracle if the people would do what they, if, we would, if the believers would do what we're supposed to do. Jesus didn't move no rock. He didn't go in there. He didn't touch him. He didn't say, turn yourself three rounds. He didn't say, do this, do that. You know how we uh, traditional people want to make stuff harder than what it really is. He just called his name, Lazarus, come forth. And see, it puts me in the mindset and if I'm wrong, y'all will correct me, that when Jesus is calling people, because the harvest is right, but the labors are few, and when Jesus calls people to come, they're not coming already cleaned up. There's some people in the church, men in church, that needs to be cleaned up. They still dead, got their dead clothes on, and ain't no one ever helped them take the clothes off. They still walking in there like they dead. They still bound because no one has helped them. 
But Jesus told them, I didn't raise them up. I got them up. In so many sense, Jesus will bring people to the church that's dead. And he's telling us, it's your job to clean them up. Stop talking about them. Stop trying to put them out. Deal with it because I've given you the power and you believe it. And you have the power to think that I can raise them up. you got the power to take the clothes off, take the chains off, and let him go do what he needs to do. I've already done the miracle. And see, there's been miracles on top of miracles, but we're looking at it as if Lazarus is dead. We're looking at the people that he put around us as if they're dead and they can't do anything. This is why I say we have to be on one accord, and we have to take the blindfold off. We have to take the shackles off. And sometimes the key will get jammed, and it will be hard, and it will be difficult. But we have to do it because Jesus already did the miracles. There's miracles coming in every Sunday. We just don't see it because we're waiting for Jesus to do it, and he's already done it. That's what I'm excited about. That's why I'm not going to church the same anymore. I'm looking for the Lazarus, that the miracle has already been done. And see, if you, if, if, I know you preachers know what I'm talking about, but just in case you don't, uh, people may be put in your life for a reason, and they may look like they're dead. But Jesus is telling the people, if you believe that I could raise him, if you believe that I could have saved him, your job is to help them get to the next level. Take his clothes off, clothing, feeding, and send him on his way. And as the church, yeah, we look at the miracle and we want to shout because Jesus raised him up. And that's what we do. We shout. And that's all we do. We shout because he raised the dead up. We shout because we look at the miracle. But you don't look at the miracle in its fullness when he told the people, all right, I got him up. I did my job. Now you got to do your job. In reflection of what I'm saying about that is Jesus is doing what he said he was going to do. We ain't doing our part in doing what he told us to do by take the clothes off. And, and that's what we got to start doing right now. We got to start, A, removing some stones, removing some obstacles. B, when we hear the name get called out and they're coming, they're not coming like we think they're coming. They're not coming polished. They're not coming perfect. They're not coming the way we want them to come. They're not coming in their Sunday clothes. They're coming with their pants sagging. They're coming with the weed smell. They're coming with, with, with addictions and everything else, but yet they are alive. It's our job because Jesus called them to come out. And if they're coming around the church, if they're coming around you, they don't necessarily have to be the church. They can be around you because you represent the light, because the light is bright. That's why they're around you. And because they're around you, it's your job to pray for them. It's your job to take them to the altar. It's your job to deal with them and not talk about them and not backbite against them. That's your job. And I'm so tired of hearing Christians and, and believers or so-called church folks say stuff and keep it going like they that deep. Well, don't sin no more. Do it and be done with it. Okay. Let me see you do it and get caught and come and admit that you did it. But you ain't going to do it because you want to be deep. We want to speak in tongues and be deep. But let me see you come around some dead folks and clean them up and move them on the way. Let me see you do it and stop being so sanctified and glorified like your stuff don't stink. And say, just do and be, no, 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 that's what Jesus said, y'all clean him up. Do what you got to do. Clean him up. I didn't got him up. Clean him up. Stop playing church, church. I know you want to shout because he got Lazarus up, because that's what Jesus did. What was your part 
and getting Lazarus to come up. What did you do? Did you help take the shackles off? Did you help take the blindfold off? Did you bring him some clothes? And I'm not saying bring him some clothes and then go talk about what you did because you might as well have kept them clothes to yourself. I'm talking about did you do it? And not only did you do it with him, did you do it with the next person and the next person? You ain't got to tell everybody your business. And when I read this scripture and when I see it and they said, Lazarus, come forth, he called him by his name. He didn't call him by his sickness. He didn't call him by a condition. He called him Lazarus, come out. And it says the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped, cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. He was talking to them. He was talking to y'all. He was talking to you to take off his clothes and then let him go. And that's the miracle is when he got his clothes taken off, our part. Not Jesus' part. Jesus is going to do Jesus' stuff. And, and he's going to do Jesus' stuff on Jesus' time. But he's telling us to do what he's telling us to do. He's telling us to participate in the miracle. He's telling us to participate in helping people who are dead become alive again. He's telling us to do our part. But what we want to do as church, and I told y'all I was coming this week. I know y'all church folks ain't going to like me coming to church, but y'all just sitting in there dressed up watching the dead. I know it's live. I know the music is banging. But y'all having a party, a bunch around of dead people. And the Lord going to look at you one day and say, why didn't you help that person? They were standing right next to you. They were shouting right next to you. And you never lifted a finger to help them get to the next level. Jesus is doing his part. And like Bishop always says, uh, uh, the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. You got to really serve, Lord serve the Lord and love the Lord. And it ain't about your credibility. It ain't about your stature. It ain't about none of that. It's about are you really going to do what God has called you to do? Are you going to come out? Or are you just going to take and shout on what Jesus is doing? And that's what a lot of us do. People get saved and we shout about it. Are you going to their house, seeing what they need? Are you going praying with them? Are you taking that extra step? That's what the church's job is to do. And I believe that this was Lazarus' assignment so everyone can see him. He was sick, he died, and he was resurrected. And Jesus turned him over to the people and told them, y'all fix him. Y'all take care of him. Anyone have any comments? Bro, that, that is... Uh... That that is that's real good. Jesus and I say this real quick and I and I'll be through. He started with them. He gave them an assignment. He started with them, then he went into action and then he finished with them. So we we just because God has done his part, that doesn't mean that our part is over. Sometimes you have to um, you have to see people through, and in a lot of cases, it, it, it sometimes should I say, yeah, in a lot of cases you have to go farther than what you planned. See, Jesus did his part; he, he raised him up, but Lazarus still had issues. Jesus could have 
just as easy as he told him to get up, he could have told the clothes, the grave clothes to, to drop off and all this, that, and the other and been done with it. But, no, he, he still had something else for the people to do. So I brought you, well, I witnessed to you, okay, but is that it? Well, I brought you to church one Sunday. Is that it? Uh, is there, is, should there be a follow-up? You know, should we check on people? Should there be a type of, especially um, when there's newcomers, you bring someone to church, you know, I have a way of, um, you know, people that are, are new, I reach out, I follow up, follow up, reach out, and I do it for maybe a month or so, uh, sometimes longer, and then eventually, just depending on what type of feedback I get from the person or the family, then I'll leave it alone. Um but a lot of times we bring folks to church, and then that that we feel well we've done our part. Well, no, no, not always. You know, there there could be more that God is requiring uh, from you. We had a situation Sunday. Um, I had planned, studied, and wrote out. You know, did my notes, did everything like I normally do. Um, he can handle it. Was the subject. And I just I knew where I was going, and I, I was excited about what I was preaching because uh, it was a blessing to me, so I knew, I knew it was going to bless the people. But then when I got up and, and uh, I didn't even get past my sub-intro uh, for those that, that do uh, uh, sermon outlines, I didn't even get past my sub-intro before the Holy Ghost took me in a totally different direction than what I than what I thought where I thought I was going, and immediately after service, I mean there was confirmation after confirmation after confirmation, and it was as if, you know, I was talking. The message was directly for the people that was there. I mean, and when I, I could I could just tell you several families that was like, that was exactly. I mean, we're going through that right now. So, you know, and then there was a follow up. That was another follow-up throughout the day, throughout the day Sunday, even on today, uh, and it's Tuesday. So from Sunday to the day, uh, yesterday and the day, there's still been follow-up with certain individuals that that message we know uh, spoke to, and it was for them. So, you know, just because you, you bring a person to church, you know, hey, that is that it? Maybe, but then too, maybe not. So be willing, be willing to go the extra mile. Be willing to get, get outside of your comfort zone. Be willing to do something different if that's going to mean uh, changing somebody's life. So let, let, let's be willing to uh, go that extra mile and get out of our comfort zone because, you know, someone's life could be at stake. So great, great teaching on the night, Elder Oliver. Thank, thank you, Bishop. Thank you for that comment. And, again, you know, follow-up, uh, as the Bishop said, sometimes it may be once or twice or sometimes it may carry on. But also at the same time, if I bring someone to the church and, and, and I follow up, maybe you should follow up with them as well. Maybe it's just my assignment was to get them there. Your job is, like I said, it's a group effort. Everyone can't move the stone. One person can't move the stone. It takes a group of us, and we all have to be in one accord. That's how this thing works beautifully. That's why when he did the miracle with Lazarus, there was no issues with the rock uh, being moved, put there in front of there. And then when he removed the rock and he came out and he just told them to go ahead and fix his brother up um, 
and keep it moving. We have to participate in miracles. We have to participate uh, with people who are struggling with things, and, and we have to be on one accord, and we have to show love, patience, and kindness to them until they get to where God wants them to go. Now, if they want to act crazy and act a fool and keep running, then, then that's when you shake the dust off the feet and you keep it moving. But some folks really want to be there. They may not look like it. They may not dress like it. But if they're coming, they're coming for a reason. And that's really all that's I right. have for y'all. If y'all have any, any comments, closing comments, I'm done. And, and, again, I want to thank my team for having my back tonight. I appreciate it. Um, we got a busy week going on. So so um, I'm excited. I'm hoping these preachers let me still come in tonight or, or the, during the rest of the week. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat the word of God. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And, and this was for the church. If you didn't get anything else out of it, this was for the church. Removing a stone is a group effort. It's a team effort. It's a believer effort. And we got to do it together on one accord. Because at the, at the end of the day, if you read the scriptures, they put the stone in front of the they put the stone in front of the rock. They did it. God didn't have nothing to do with that. And, and, and God didn't have nothing to do with them telling them to remove it. We put it there. We got to remove it. And I'm just going to say this, and I'm, I'm done. I'm going to turn it over, I promise you. And, yeah, I'm about to hit home because this goes for me. It ain't for no one but me, but if it hits you, I apologize. Well, I ain't going to apologize. Been in church so long, we get traditional, and we want to act like we got everything together, and we don't. And when I was reading this, and I kept seeing the miracle, and the Lord said there's more than Lazarus getting up. There's more. People had to remove what we put there. We got to remove some of the stuff that we put in the tomb because God's not finished with it. We got to remove it so God can call it out and call it the life again. Just, that's for somebody. I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. We, we put you in there. And now we're going to remove the stone. God going to call you to come out. And now it's time to come out because you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. You weren't supposed to be there. But because you're there, he's going to work a miracle. And we're going to see the miracle because we're going to be on one accord. And we're going to push your soul aside so you can come out and we can put you in a better place. If this has blessed you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm just telling you all you got to do is very simple. Romans 10:13 says, if you call upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. That's all you got to do. And repent for your sins and you will be saved. That's all you got to do is repent and believe that what he did on Calvary's cross and he got up on the third day, and he's coming back to get you again. The Bible says you are saved. You ain't got to go speaking in no tongues. You ain't got to go buy no suits. You ain't got to buy no holy water. You ain't got to all you ain't gotta do. All, all you got to do is believe and confess. That's all you got to do, believe and confess. They believe they removed the stone, and Jesus did the miracle. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. I'm going to close out. For anyone that has any more comments, please comment. If not, I'm going to turn the service back over to the bishop, and he can dismiss, dis, ah, dismiss us. And, again, thank everyone for listening. Um, and that's it. That's all I got. All right. All right, my brother. Great job on tonight. Great job. We they, Listen, we can keep going on that. You know, there's a lot to pull out 
with those scriptures. You did a great job on tonight. Listen, any final comments from, from the panel? Uh, anyone that has maybe one or two points, uh, 15, 20 seconds, any final comments uh, from the panel? Um, yes, Pastor. I would just like to um, just like to add to what we're saying. Uh, beautiful job um, on tonight. It was such a a great lesson. Just like to add that you know between verse forty one and forty two, when Jesus <clears throat> began to pray, and he prayed to the Father. You know that was his example for us to to follow. To know that when we get in different situations that we got to know that we can go to God for anything. We can go to God for the impossible, you know, to be able to make it possible, you know. So we got to understand that he's doing that not only, you know, but but for the for the people to believe, but also for them to know that you can go to God for anything, you know, and, and also to add to a little scripture that I've been singing recently with a lot of things that I go through, uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, you have not because you ask now. And I'm going to ask God. I'm going to have a conversation with God because we never know what he'll say. So just let that be an example to at least have the conversation with God. That's it. Thank you, Minister Tobert. That's right. Have, have a conversation. He's your father. He is your father. You You are joint heirs with Christ. Hey, you are join us. You don't have to. You don't have to go through your pastor. You don't have to go through nobody to get to God. Now it's okay for people to pray for you. Uh, and Oliver talked about that last night. The people were interceding for Peter, and when <laughs> when God brought Peter out, they didn't believe it. But it's okay for people to pray for you and and to have intercessors and all that. That's good. But but understand, you can go to God for yourself. Great great comment. Any, anyone else before we dismiss? I would like to make a um, a comment. Um, thank you for that message um, on tonight, um, Elder Oliver. A lot actually stuck out, but I'm just going to make it really, really brief. Um, something that Elder said, um, he said, help people come alive that was once dead. So that could be spiritually dead, emotionally, physically. And um, he was also in the beginning um, talking about even relationships. And marriage, your marriage can come alive. That's up to you. Roll that stone away. Roll it away. And something else that that he, um, the elder, brought out. Um, he was talking about, you know, and that and that is true. Um, elder, my my auntie and my um and my granddad used to say the same thing. Get out the kitchen. As a matter of fact, don't even walk in the kitchen. It's cake is baking. Um, but even um with that. And that was a great analogy, uh, Sister Tolbert. Even with the patience of waiting for that um, for that cake to finish baking, I always see my auntie, even when it was done and we could come in the kitchen, she would get a toothpick, a fork, or something, and she would stick it in there to make sure that it was cooked all the way through. Her patience was there. She followed the directions, but she still wanted to make sure that that cake was cook all the way through and that's even with us even though we think we got it together like elder oliver just said stop faking it you know stop everybody has issues stop acting like you got it all together because you don't the same way i saw my auntie stick that fork in that toothpick in that cake we have to use the word 
to stick our heart to make sure that we are loving, that we're forgiving, and that we don't have any stones that's blocking us from getting to him. Thank y'all for that word. All right. All right. Thank you, Lady Zachary. Anyone else before we uh, dismiss? All right. All right. Well, thank you all so much. As we say to L.L., the great, great lesson um, on tonight. And, and we're we just grateful that the word, we can apply the word. And I believe it was David that said, God's word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we, we're grateful that we're able to apply the word that therefore we're not just hearers, but we are doers because we can apply it to our lives, then we want to be doers. So as Ed Oliver said, wake up, wake up those dead situations. Some of you, 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 you sleep, you sneak next to a dead man. Some of you sleep next to a dead woman. Wake them up, wake up, wake them up. Okay, for you, you married folk, wake up that relationship. Your, your families, wake up your families. Get your families alive again. Do some stuff. Think outside the box. Do some things for the family. Okay? I, I, I can always find a message about families that I can do that in my sleep. So great, great teaching on tonight. Y'all be encouraged. Be blessed. Keep Elder Oliver and Lady Oliver in prayer, the Oliver family. I know he's going to be um, going out of town. Elder Oliver, before, before we dismiss, can you give your schedule for the rest of this week, we want to be able to support um, the services and different things. Can you let us know what's going on with you uh, for the rest of the week? We know you're going to be heading out of town, I believe, tonight. What, what's going on yeah, the rest of the we'll week? Be on, we'll, be, we'll be on um, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., uh, for, for Bible study. Um, we'll be on again Friday night uh, for Friday night services. Uh, Saturday night, um, uh, we're still in negotiation with those, but I do know Wednesday night and Friday night we'll be on at 7 o'clock uh, sharp. Okay. Um, we're going to okay. be live in service. And uh, just if you ain't doing nothing, pick up a phone and call and, and see what's going on. Um, but there's going to be a word every day, um, every day. I'm going to be on assignment. If they let me in, I know there's two churches there I can come to them. Actually, three churches, um, Church of Warren. Uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Joe, uh, uh, Community Church of God in Christ, uh, uh-huh. Community Church of God in Christ, Pastor Austin Shaw, and then there's Pastor Madlock. If, forgive me because I don't remember the name of his church. It would be my first time there. But um, just, just keep us in prayer. Okay. Um, we're, feeding, we're feeding people in, in Ohio, too. So, so let that be known. Um, we, we feed everywhere we go, and we're going to try to feed people. So even in the nurses' home tonight, right. they had you today. So listening to the Bible study. So this just being uh, encouraged, encourage, you know, pray for me, pray for my wife as I'm going to be gone for a few days, that she can handle everything, just keep keep my house protected. And I'm going to ask my team to do that, keep my house protected. Just with your prayers right, right. and your phone, keep it protected. Because the devil is out there. That's all I got. Thanks, right. Bishop. Okay, well, no problem, man. We're going to definitely be uh, tuning in and supporting in prayer uh, for you. So we thank God that you are, that you're on assignment. 
And as we, as you stated earlier, I always say the harvest is plentiful, but laborers, laborers are few. So thank you again so much. We've gotten texts from the saints. They were encouraged by the lesson on tonight, and we are grateful to God for that. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. We appreciate you once again um, for allowing us to come together. How good and pleasant it is for men, for brethren to dwell together in unity. We thank you. Uh, for the message and the messenger on tonight. We thank you for the panel. We even thank you for allowing us to even be on Blog Talk where we're reaching the masses. We we and we just thank you for this, this avenue to be able to preach and teach the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as we leave this place from your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. God bless you and good night.